But where it got crazy is toward the end, I got death threats every day. I got death threats from there. It turns out there's a certain substrata of juggalos. They aren't fucking around, Ross. Hi there, thanks for checking out episode 32 of the Ross Trevino Project. If you enjoyed this episode, then give it a share on social media, drop a review on Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe and follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at TRTPPod. Today's guest is a former Chicago mobster, allegedly for entertainment purposes. He's the host of the Chicago Tony V Show and in the green room with Chicago Tony V. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Chicago Tony V. So what's it you like about the Dunkin' Donuts? Well, I suppose I like that it's uh, slightly less horse shit than uh, other other coffee. Like uh, it's all it's all rot gut. I'm convinced, Ross, that uh, that we're all being we're all being treated like peasants. Yeah. Right. And I think uh, I think Dunkin' Donuts is just a little bit seems a little bit less poisonous than all the other stuff. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think I saw Ross that you recently, you changed, you're a coffee drinker. Now you were a tea drinker. No, no, I, I am a coffee drinker, but that's, it's just the, the, the saying is my cup of tea, but I don't really drink tea. So that's why I said tea is not my tea. <laughs> got it. Got it. Well, so you, you can't, you surely, you can't enjoy coffee. Coffee's yeah. not enjoyable. It's horrible. <laughs> I love it. I, I think it tastes nice. Do you not t- like the taste? Well, if I get it just right, if I get it just right, it, it can taste pretty good. Ah, nice. Yeah. Uh, so you're a big fan of jazz music. You always have it playing during your show. Uh, what's the first jazz record you remember hearing? Uh, let's see. The first jazz record is would probably be um, a Dave Brubeck, Brubeck record. My, my dad was a big uh, Brubeck fan. So, and I, I probably won't know the actual name of the record, but uh, it's whichever record uh, three to get ready and four to go is on, whichever Dave Brubrick record that is. That's probably the first one I, I remember. Oh, so this was for, for your dad having the record. That's really interesting. Uh, you said on your show that your great-grandfather, Roberto, brought a, was it a crucifix? Yeah. Is that, is that what's behind you just there? Yeah, that is back. Yeah, back there, back behind me. Yes, it's uh, made several appearances on the live show. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> did, did you know your great grandfather at all? No, no, I did not. Um, he would have. Let's see. He passed away, I believe, when my dad was probably uh, oh around eighteen years old or so. Um, so never did get to meet him, but I heard lots of stories about him. Uh. He's. There, there are famous stories about um, how he used to make uh, his uh, spaghetti sauce, and he would he would brew his own beer as well. So he would, while he was making his sauce, he would be drinking beer, and the the story goes, you knew the sauce was done by the angle that Roberto was slunched over, uh, hunched over in. It had to be just the right angle, and that that meant to my other relatives. Roberto is just drunk enough that the sauce must be ready. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I see. I thought you meant because he was very scientific. <laughs> very scientific, Ross. 
Do you mind? Uh, so are we go we're going, huh? We're yeah, just yeah, yeah, we're just chatting. Yeah. We're going. I, I hope you'll allow me just to adjust my volume for a second. Yeah, that's fine. This is actually I I love this, Ross, because as you probably know, I mean what I'm used to is the lights come on and let her rip. Whatever's gonna happen, happens. <laughs> I, I so this this actually uh, makes me feel uh, very comfortable. All this uh, controlled environment is what I, is what makes me feel uncomfortable when I'm doing interviews. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, where, uh, whereabouts in Italy did your great grandfather originate from? Uh, Palermo, Italy, is what I'm told. Okay. I have to. Tr I trust that that's correct. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> You've been there. I don't know. I don't know that I would have any way to uh, verify that, but that's that's how the the story goes. Okay, you've been there at all? No, never have. No. Nope. Now my parents have, mm. uh, and and of course, and my my grandfather, and my dad uh, took a trip to Italy and had a great time, and so they've they've been back to uh, you know see the learn about all that stuff. Um, but uh, I have not been, and, and the way it's looking, Ross, it's like who knows if I'm ever going to get to go. You know, it's getting a. <laughs> There's this flu thing that's going around. It's got a name. Everyone's all up in arms about it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Um, what sort of like hobbies did you have in your childhood? In my childhood, well, uh, sports. Sports were really big. So I was a. Um, my favorite sport was basketball, and just like everything else, I, I have a. Um, I think I have an addictive personality. And so really my whole life when I've been in interested in something, the way I do things is I just go way too far. So I, I, as a fourth grader, I started out, I started basketball in fourth grade and I determined, I figured out by eighth grade, okay, I'm probably not going to be a pro, a professional basketball player. Although I still kind of expected that of myself but I, my plan B was I was going to be the first um, uh, white player on the Harlem Globetrotters. That was my plan B. <laughs> so I, 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 I tend to put uh, pressure on myself, and I think, I think big, Ross. I dream big. <laughs> you played piano as well. When, when did you start doing that? I started by accident. That was really that really was born out of another hobby of mine as a child. I grew up. We at one year, Santa Claus brought my brothers and I a ping pong table and we had it in the basement and we would play ping pong. And uh, especially when you're a starting out ping pong player and or when you're playing against your siblings and things can get very heated, that you can lose a ping pong ball quite often. And it was it was while we had lost a ping pong ball on the other side of the basement. So I didn't, I wasn't going to be bothered for, uh, to look for it. My brothers were off looking for it. I was given enough time. I was so bored that I wandered into a corner of our basement where we had uh, an old piano. My parents bought a piano the year that I was born and it just sat there in the basement. We were never encouraged to take lessons or anything. I don't even know why it was there. But out of boredom, I started playing the piano and I found uh, that I had some sort of um, knack for it. And uh, 
that would have been, I let's say maybe I was 13 years old, something like that. And uh, then it got to the point where I used to, I would really look forward to my brothers losing the ping pong ball so I could have a little more time at the piano. <laughs> and then finally, it was just, screw piano. I want to, uh, or screw ping pong, I should say. I want to go play the piano. So I would just mimic, um, I played by ear. I would just mimic, I could mimic what I heard on the radio and, you know, in movies and that sort of thing. And I kind of, Unfortunately, in hindsight, I, I started doing that too early and I became too proficient in playing by ear so that by the time my by the time my parents started with me with lessons, I was too far advanced and I could fake my way through anything. And so I never learned how to read music or anything like that. Oh, that's amazing. That's kind of similar with me and guitar. I've I've always like played by ear instead of well, kind of sometimes with the tabs, it's, it's similar to sheet music, but it just has the numbers of the frets on. As yes. And yeah, I never really got on with that as well, as much as just listening to it. Uh, maybe it's just the struggle reading or something. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. What did your parents do? What did they do? You mean like for a, you mean like for a, a career? Yeah, et job wise. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was, uh, my dad was the, uh, the breadwinner. He, he, so he was a, uh, a very successful executive. He was in the food packaging business. So when I was a kid, the main the main business that he was in was uh, making cans for soft drinks, um, you know, Coke and Pepsi and all that stuff. Hmm. Um, but the, by the time I was in college, um, he had branched out into. Uh, uh, food packaging of all types and especially plastics. So just a, a just an interesting little footnote to my dad's career. There was a time um, somewhere around when I was in college where you could just notice in the landscape, you'd be at any restaurant or anything. And, and when you're using ketchup and mustard, I don't know what the hell you crazy Brits use, but that's what we use here. And uh, it went from glass bottles to plastic bottles. And my dad, of all things, was was one of the key individuals in that change from glass to plastic. And I always just get a chuckle. I mean, it's really the most, in a certain way, on the surface, it's one of the most, it's got to be one of the most boring careers ever, <laughs> you know. But it is funny to just date it. I can actually see evidence of my dad's change wherever I go. Anytime I, I'm at a restaurant and I see plastic, uh, uh, you know, uh, condiments. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That was my dad, oddly enough. So it's it's a funny thing. But and so my mom was, uh, we would call her a uh, stay-at-home mother. She was, uh, she really, uh, she married very well, and she just got to raise us boys. She would get bored from time to time. She's very bright, very, very bright. And she would sometimes get bored and she would uh, uh, just go to work for a little while. Just be, I think be, she wanted to test her mind and just see what she could do. So she was a real estate agent for a while. Um, she, uh, and she's had some interesting jobs and she, what was unique about my mom is she had no business getting any of these jobs. She had no background at all. And she could walk in and talk her way into 
any of these positions. And, and she would, uh, she, she would do it. Like there's a position. I don't know if this will mean anything to you, but here in America that there's a thing called a chamber of commerce. And law or this is, this is, uh, uh, sort of a business organization. Think of it, it's like a uh, cooperative amongst the business community and many communities here, be it a city or a town or a, usually it's cities and towns, they will have a chamber of commerce, which is, um, it's a collective, it's, a, it's an organization where all the business community will pool their resources to, you know, do, do things like lobby the government and, you know, try and control things for their favor and that sort of thing. Um, well, my mom had this hobby of, uh, she would, <laughs> the first time she did it, I'll never forget. She went into town because she was bored, you know, for lunch or something. And she came back and she was the president of the chamber of commerce in my town. No, no background whatsoever. <laughs> And then she, and she held that position for three or four years. And then what, and then what she would do is when my parents would move, as my dad moved up the, uh, this hierarchy in the business world, we would move to fancier and fancier places. And my mom would just uh, walk in. And as far as I can tell, it was always a one-time thing. She would, we, they'd move to a new town. She would go into town like for lunch or something. And she would come back with that position. She did it over and over. I don't know how she did it. What in the world did she say? Cool, I don't know. You did, the moral of the story is, Ross, you need to interview my mom. She's both okay. still with us. <laughs> I might be interesting. She's the real interesting <laughs> yeah. interview. Do you have the saying in America, gift of the gab? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds like she got that. Uh, is that where you got it from as well? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. My, my mother is crazy. Her, her father was crazy. I'm clearly crazy. And what I like to think what I, the, here's how I sleep at night, Ross. I, I say to myself, I got enough of my dad's very stable genes. Now I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I say to myself. I say, I'm going to make it through life. Okay. Because I have my dad's genetics, my having my mom's genetics, definitely is what has made my uh life very interesting mm. yeah. Oh, yeah amazing uh are you able to talk about your former career at all <laughs> a little bit i don't know how bit. much you've you've uh, uh listened to the show ross but I, see i'm in a i'm in a bit of a pickle because uh i have this thing i so i started my show out of uh desperation and loneliness, right? When we, when this flu thing, Ross, came around and everyone was staying inside because they didn't want to catch whatever this thing is, it's got a name. <laughs> uh, I sat, I mean, I, I already, already had to lay low and let's just say, we'll say it now. You know me, I always have to say allegedly for entertainment purposes, but yeah. So I have this background in uh, organized crime, not very proud of it, but that was a long time ago. And so I'm a, I'm a unique person in that. Um, I spent all this time laying low and really kind of changing as a person, hopefully in a lot of ways. 
And I, because I was desperate and lonely and I, I thought, Ross, I thought I'm going to, I'm going to die in this stupid office one day by myself, not having talked to a human being for the past nine months or who, who knows how long it's going to be. So my show, the Chicago Tony B show is a total happy accident out of desperation. And so part of it is I didn't think it through Ross. Like I didn't, and I didn't think anyone would ever watch. It never <laughs> dawned on me that I'd have a, that I'd have a listener or a view. I didn't know I was making a podcast. I think I had, there were like three podcast episodes up and I didn't even know they existed. My, my team was putting the, I didn't know what a podcast was. So I have this thing, Ross, where I may be a unique individual in that I, I, I there are a lot of, you know, quote unquote mobsters that um, almost seem to make a career out of it. Like they, it's almost like I'm kind of the other way. Like I almost wish I hadn't ever said anything because <laughs> I don't want to, my big thing is I, I got to live with myself. Right. And so I don't want to glamorize. I don't. And then also, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever said this on my show, but there's also some people that, that still exist that I just don't want to, I know their families, I know, and I don't want to expose them or anything. It's like, you know, like these are like friends of mine. Mm. I will tell you one of the weird things, <clears throat> you know, there's a, this, the media, how stuff is portrayed in the media, you know, is, uh, it's just very strange from, from uh, someone who was allegedly for entertainment purposes involved, right? And so it's, uh, I guess one of the things is like, some of these people are just, from my experience, very, very dear people. I said on my show, I was I was asked one day, um, not too long ago about, you know, almost like uh, make a, a judgment call in terms of, um, you know, the morality of these people. And I made the point, I said, you know what? And I really meant it is, is Apple computer or, or any of these other big, you know, Amazon, are these people any more squeaky clean than some of the people I've known? I'm not so sure. I don't know that it's all that different really, but at any rate, I just, I kind of, um, I wish I never said anything. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> it's getting interesting. Ross, the, um, I don't know if you know this about by about four uh, show number four. Now this morning we did episode 72 by about somewhere around the fourth episode, someone in the live stream in the comments section, let me know in a subtle way. No one else would have picked up on this, but there's someone from my past that knows exactly who I am. They said something in the, in the stream, in the live stream that tipped me off. And I, I don't know if you can tell, I haven't gone back and listened to it, but I, de I definitely panicked big time. <laughs> did, did you read it out or did you just see it? I think I, I did not, I don't believe that I read it out, but I believe, I think that I said something like, who are you? Will you let me know who you are? And I think I even said maybe something about like, uh oh, or, you know, I, I can't remember. 
Now, what's it? This person has shown up a couple other times. I don't know who it is. They've never let me know who, who they are, but it's clear. I have no doubt that that these people know this person knows exactly who I am. The first time that happened, I almost, I really, I almost shut off my live stream and, you know, unplugged and uh, ran for the hills. You know, I, I was really panicked, but I, uh, it's, it's almost like uh, American baseball, right? There's this thing where they say you need to stand, you stand in there, even though you're afraid of this 90 mile an hour fastball hitting you in the jaw, you stand in, you stand in the batter's box anyway. I assume cricket probably isn't that they don't pitch it that fast or whatever they call it. Anyway, um, for whatever reason, I just decided when that happened, I just decided I'm going to keep going. Let's see what happens. There's not a dude with a gun to my head yet. Let's just, let's ride this out. And I kind of now think that uh, whoever this person is, I, they aren't going to let me know who they are because I have, I have asked. And uh, I don't know, but they're out, whatever. It's a weird thing. Ross, I'm I'm addicted to podcasting. I be I'm becoming this a public figure. It's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> maybe, hey, talk about a bonus episode, right? Maybe we could take. I'm always thinking of just for fun, like how could I monetize this and whatever. Maybe I could take bets on when I'm going to be whacked. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Well, hopefully never. But <laughs> that's what I. Yeah. Trust me, I, I hope. And I've had to be, you'd be amazed at how uh, some of the things I've done. It's this weird combination, Ross, of it's very fun. It's where am I located is, uh, has become a, a game amongst my fan base. And there are, there are a few fans that are, I think, working pretty hard to figure it out. And oh, wow. uh, no. it's I been interesting. <laughs> I, I understand why you wouldn't want to go into it and uh obviously uh i guess because of safety reasons and maybe even legal reasons i'm not even sure what the statute of limitations on certain things would be but uh, uh so maybe if you could answer any of these questions or just say no uh like how did you end up getting into that kind of lifestyle and uh any stories you can tell and also like what made you turn your life around yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll try, I'll do my best here. I mean, so, uh, I grew up, I grew up with, uh, some people in that lifestyle is how, is how that came about. And Ross, I have this thing. It's taken me a long time to understand this. I ha I'm a, uh, and maybe this gets back to my mom is crazy and my grand her her father's crazy. I don't know, but I have this. Uh, I think what it is, Ross, is like a. Uh, uh, I'm very I'm very immature in a certain way, and it never dawned on me that this shit is real life, right? And like to me, it's just kind of a joke. I think maybe this is what allows me to. Uh, do my show and not I'm, I'm asked a lot, especially by other podcasters. Like um, how do you, how do you do your show every day? How the freak do you do it? I think the thing is I'm 
immature. It's not, it's not even really happening to me. It's like it, my life is like I'm watching a movie. So um, because of that, I can wake up one day and say, oh shit, I'm in a situation like how this is real, <laughs> you know? And uh, uh, I think what, I think a couple things have really helped me um, in life and help, help me become who I am today. Certainly one of them is I had a, an excellent, excellent upbringing. Uh, my, my parents are, uh, my, we lost my dad in 2016. He was, um, you just couldn't ask for a better role model. Now, clearly I fumbled in the first part of my life. I did not, I did not uh, do a very good job of, of probably making him proud. However, I think maybe here on the, uh, the back nine here, maybe, maybe I'm going to turn things around and, you know, I like, I think a lot about, um, you know, him, would he be proud, you know? And so that's what I'm working on. That's what I'm working on. Um, so I think that was, I think for me, for, for who I was and how I was raised, the, uh, whatever you want to call it, life of crime, whatever. Again, I wish I never met, mentioned it ever. But anyway, um, it's a it's just a wrong turn, right? So it's not going to be my whole story, hopefully. And so where I'm at now is I'm just thinking about, um, and I've been doing a lot of thinking about this lately, Ross. It's like, okay, what, what, why am I here? What am I doing? You know, what's going on? Um, and I don't totally know the answer yet, but it seems like something having to do with this this show that happened to me on accident. It seems like that's got to be part of the puzzle. Um, I also I I uh, I fell in love with a nun, a beautiful beautiful nun, Sister Marie. Blonde hair, brown eyes, just tremendous. And I think I think that was the final for me. It was the final nail in the coffin. It's like. I can't. She's married to God already. I'm trying to get her to divorce God and uh, and uh, marry me. <laughs> I can't lead a life of crime. I can't. I can't do it. So I. I think I tried to make uh, her happy as well. That was a lot. That was a long, long time ago. But, um, yeah. I think one of these days I'll. I'll be. Uh, I think I'll be proud. I think I'll. I'll be proud. I think I'll make my dad proud. How exactly that's going to look, I don't totally know. But right now, thank God and amazing. I have people that tell me they love me every day. I mean, is this normal, Ross? Like, do you have do you talk to your fans on the phone all the time? <laughs> no, no. You seem to have quite an intimate fan base, from what I've heard, actually. I really do. I was talking to a group of uh, podcasters the other day. And they were talking about uh, building a, how to build a fan base, you know? And it was so funny because it's like, uh, if you listen to, to podcasters talk about that, it can almost like sound underhanded, like it's a calculated thing, you know, in a way, or it's like, it's a cold thing. And I was sitting there, I was in this meeting, it was a, this conference call. And I was thinking, oh my God, like I've already talked to like five fans on the phone today. You know, they have my number. They call me, I call them, I get emails, I get DMs. And so uh, 
I, I kind of realized in that meeting, like, okay, this is maybe not quite a normal thing, but yeah, I have, I, I, I have a very intimate relationship with my fans, I would say so far. So it's been tremendous and, and it's all an accident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to sister Marie. Um, was she very helpful with you turning your life around uh, or was it just the idea of her that helped you? And also were you Christian before or is, was changed, decided to change your life that led yeah. you to Christianity? No, born and raised Catholic, born and raised Catholic. And uh, uh, yeah, she was very, very helpful. At, but I mean, just by being herself, just by being herself. So I don't know if you've ever fallen in love, Ross, or what, what your deal is. I, I know you just recently shaved your mustache. Maybe you're <laughs> positioning. <laughs> Maybe you're trying to figure out that riddle and there's, uh, but anyway, what the thing, what I have found for myself is, you know, it's like, how do you know you're in love? Right. At least for me, it's, you want to be better for another person. You want, you, you know, there's, we come in contact with people all the time that in one way or another, maybe kind of let you know, Oh, you're not, you're not my cup of tea to use your phrase from earlier. <laughs> and you just think, what do I care? But then every once in a while you're in the presence of someone where you just think, I, I, I want you to love me no matter what, you know, no matter what. So I think, I think uh, she was the person that got me. It was the first time I thought, I'll be damned. I want to, uh, I want to have a family. I want to, I want someone to love me and, and I know who it is oh. and she's a nun. How am I going to work through that one? Anyway, <laughs> that's a tricky, my fa- Ross, my, my fans are dying to hear the whole story. I have, uh, and I think someday I'll tell it, but it's, it's also, uh, an extremely, uh, sad story. So like I keep, thinking to myself, because anyway, I keep thinking to myself, like, how would I ever tell the whole story? Someday I will, but it's, she was a, she was a beautiful, beautiful person and I wouldn't trade any of it for a minute. No, that's beautiful. Have you found any other ladies recently? They're starting to find me, Ross. (laughs) I I haven't, uh, uh, I had, so we, on my show, we do this mailbag, you know, that people send me in questions that I, I read them on the show and there was one, I think today or yesterday, I can't remember which, but I'm starting to get asked a little bit here and there. Like, are you single? Are you married? Are you looking, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so I'm, I'm not in a relationship. Who knows? I, I, uh, I'm open to that. Um, it's, I've, I think for me, that's kind of a faith thing. Um, early in, Earlier in my life, obviously, I I really tried to force things. I mean, who who trusts who falls in love with a nun? You know that's ridiculous. So I'm gonna get, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay back and just sort of let it happen a little bit more than I might have in the past. I don't know, Ross. By the way, I I want to say I know here we are in the middle. You're you're very good at what you do. Oh really? And I'm I oh yeah. Yeah, I, you know, as a, and you probably know this as a podcaster, when you're a podcaster, even an accidental one like me, you listen to, you listen over to all sorts of shows because you're just trying to, 
you're thinking, am I missing something? How do I stack up? And I will just sit, say, when I turned on your show for the first time, it was, you could instantly see a, a level of quality. So who knows? Maybe I got to have you on my show oh, sometime so I, I can that. Yeah. <laughs> ask you about that, about that, uh, that journey for you. Was it like the, the style of show you liked or was it like the, the way it flowed or the way it sounded or just a mix of both? Well, I think uh, one thing, one of the things that I think you do very well, it might seem like a subtle thing, but you, you're very good at asking a question and getting out of the way. And I've noticed now I haven't done many interviews at all, but I've noticed that's a difficult thing to do. It's very hard to come up with a question and word it in such a way that you're clear and concise. And then you just step out of the way and let the other person go. And I just, I recognized very early on that you're, you're very good at that. And I'm, I've been, I, I like your first, the first episode that I heard of yours was the one with the great Tim McCarthy. I think as we sit today, it's still your most recent episode, but I've is, yeah. gone back and, I've listened to earlier ones since then, but I was dying to know. It's like, you know, have you had any training in this or have you, you know, kind of dying to know your, your story as well. <laughs> uh, that's, that's really nice of you to say. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't really noticed that I do that, but I guess I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, no training in uh podcast. I'm, I'm pretty much just learning on the job as well. I've, I'm probably a bit more like, rusty in earlier episodes as well i wonder if that's something i wasn't as good at as first or whether i learned i'll have to listen back now that you've mentioned it you know that's something i've i've done and actually it came up on my show this morning <laughs> see uh when i miss a day some of my uh, viewers uh will will go back and i guess they like the consistency so they'll go back and listen to an old episode mm -hmm. And what has started to happen is like this uh, trivia, this trivia idea has emerged. And, you know, like my uh, uh, my great grand grandfather, Roberto, you know, what year did he come over with his family? Well, that's kind of this recurring trivia question. I've got that written down. Um, actually. Is it 1906? Yes, yes, 1906. But it's been a sticking point. I, I surprised... Um, one of my VIP fans, Georgie girl is a fan. An interesting thing about the Chicago Tony V show, Ross is the fans are becoming personalities. Yeah. I just think that's kind of fascinating. Everyone loves Georgie girl. I love Georgie girl. Uh, people think like, uh, you know, any of this is planned out. It's totally not. It's she's, she was just a caller one day and now she's a dear friend. I talk to Georgie girl almost every day. Uh, aside from the show. Wow. Um, I've already talked to her on the phone today, but uh, I surprised her with a trivia challenge uh, one day. And she actually, what's funny is she did amazingly bad compared to what I thought she was going to do. <laughs> but uh, that was one of the questions. Well, in the very first episode of my show, episode number one, I mentioned the year 1904 when I was talking about my great grandfather mm. And I, and she, she caught that. She caught that mistake after being berated on the live show by me. She, she guessed like 1880 or something <laughs> like that. And then, so finally she heard episode number one and she says, uh, you know, Hey, 
you got your own date wrong, you dick, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> I said, and I had to explain to her, I said, Georgie, think about this. Think of the pressure cooker I'm in. I'm like, when I hit record, it's me. I'm the only one talking. So I'm looking into the camera. I have this uh, live stream of fans going on Reddit. Um, I've got the music going. I have call in. So, and I did tell her, I said, because I went back and listened to episode one and I heard myself get the date wrong and I noticed it right away. Mm. I said, my God, why did I say 1904? But it's just one of those things when you're under the gun, things, uh, things come out wrong. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> that as well, listening back to certain episodes and then you, uh, I would say the wrong word at some points. And then I'm like, is that because I'm nervous because of the podcast or how often does that happen in everyday life and you just don't realize because you can't yes. listen back? Yes, you wonder. And maybe it's a, a function of, you know, now in this very strange way, we're recording our lives unlike ever before. Mm. Um, I, I Something that happened right before the show came on this morning, my uh, computer, one of my computers, the computer that I do the show on, it told me uh, that uh, the hard drive was full. I've I've had this thing for four months. It's a two terabyte drive. I filled up two terabyte terabytes in four months. Oh wow! <laughs> and it's because I'm in front of the camera so much. Like it's just a whole new world. I guess it's weird. I bet. Fucking hell! What do you miss most about uh, Chicago? Oh boy. Well, I suppose my family, all, all my family is still up there. That, you know, that's the number one thing. I would say the number two thing is probably the, uh, the culture, you know, there's something that's happening. I, I perceive that it's happening everywhere around the globe in a way, but certainly through America, everything is becoming homogenized. Um, Everything, you know, you go to a restaurant, it's always a chain restaurant and uh, it's uh, it's just annoying. Well, Chicago has held on to, um, you know, the, the, the spirit of the individual, I think, in a in a large way. So um, you don't have to go very far at all to to find a, a mom and pop restaurant to to find a just a locally owned business. So there's there's still a whole lot of culture in the city and you can go from, uh, the, the, the city is dissected into almost various subcultures, you know, so the Polish section, the Chinese section, the Italian section, you know, you, you have all this flavor that as far as I can tell is still, it's still intact. Now it has been eroded over the years, you know, since I was a kid, I mean, we're moving in the wrong direction, just like the rest of the world, but at least um, a lot of that individual individuality is still intact, I think. Oh, okay, interesting. Uh, I know there's a big uh, Italian influence in Chicago and New York as well. How does um, how do the two cultures of those areas uh, differ and what's their similarities? I would say there are definitely similarities. Um you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, of the traditional dish, dishes, you know, will, will be very similar, I would say. I mean, every Italian family that goes back to the motherland, whether or not it's in New York, you know, they ended up in New York or Chicago or somewhere else, you know, they all have a, a family sauce recipe that's, you know, pretty similar. Um, 
there's, I would say also there's, there will be a super heavy Catholic influence no matter, you know, where the family ended up. Um, past that, I think, I think there are some differences that, that probably um, boil down to uh, the, the, the cultures are then forged by the environment that they're in. So Chicago is a pretty rough and tumble. It's blue collar, it's hardworking, it's pretty rough and tumble. And so you'll have a lot of very thick skinned Chicago people. And however, that's from what I can tell, that's kind of child's play compared to living in New York City, which is appears to be the absolute ball buster of all of all cities, you know, to so you're forged in fire. So I would say, I mean, if I if I'm uh uh thrown into a cage with a New Yorker versus a Chicagoite, you know, I'll take the Chicagoite <laughs> over the New Yorker. It's just a, it's a different level of craziness, you know. Uh, I did have a question that was, uh, who does better pizza, USA or Italy? But if you haven't been to Italy, then you might not have an opinion on that. Right. I'm asked, I'll tell you what I'm asked all the time is uh, Chicago pizza versus uh, New York City pizza. Mm. And uh, I did a video actually, it's up on my YouTube. Um, it's like, it, there's an FAQ section. And in the video, I actually said that I generally prefer New York style to Chicago style deep dish, which of course that's heresy, right? Uh, from where I'm from. But I, but I do say, I do make the point in the video, the best pizza on the planet is in Chicago. And it's, there's a, there's a place called pal Joey's pizza. It's in a suburb of Chicago called West Chicago. And I think that's the best pizza on, on the planet. It's this really great marriage between um, Chicago style deep dish and New York style. It's kind of an in-between and it's, it's just perfect and it's delicious. But uh I mean, it's a tough call. I, I think Chicago should be, uh, really should be celebrated. I mean, it, it is a great pizza town. A lot of times New Yorkers, they, they, they like to give us heck about pizza, but it's a great pizza town. New York pizza is wonderful too. But yeah, I can't speak to Italy, Italian pizza at all. I, you got me. <laughs> it's nice. Uh, it's massive. I haven't, I haven't had uh, it's, um, Chicago or New York pizza though, so. I can't even weigh in on that. Yeah, they're, I think they're both wonderful. It's like, I actually, it's funny that there's an argument at all because I think they're both <laughs> terrific. They're delicious. They're terrific. Why do we have to, why do? Why can't we all get along, Ross? <laughs> Pizza's just great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Tribalism. Uh, yeah, so uh, when you started your show, what made you decide to use Reddit to stream on? Uh, it was, uh, it was simply that... Um, I was, I was a Reddit, Reddit was the only, um, I guess you would call social media that I was on. I had kids in my life. My, my computer guy, Vince is one of them. My, some of my, the people that work for me, they, they've told, been telling me for a long time, they see me as like a, a living comic book character. <laughs> and they've tell, told me for years, like, Mr. V, you got to get on the internet. People would love you, you know? Mm. Well, 
finally one day I was so lonely, but I was on Reddit and there's this, uh, I live stream through RPAN and I didn't even know that RPAN existed. I just, I accidentally found it on my phone one day. And then I noticed, oh my gosh, someone's talking to me and I get to talk back to them if I want to. To me, this was totally life-changing. And uh, now most of the people, or, or maybe I could say all of the people on our pan, we're just doing stupid, ridiculous stuff, you know, sitting there washing the dishes and live streaming, <laughs> sitting there, sitting there working a puzzle and live streaming, knitting a scarf and live streaming. And a whole lot of people, it seemed like had forgotten that they even turned our pan on. <laughs> so they were live streaming, <laughs> forgot that they were live streaming and you just got to sit there and watch them, whatever, eat a quiche, you know, I don't know. But I saw that as uh, I just had a moment of clarity. I said, Oh my gosh, that's something where I could talk to a person. Again, this was, I was lonely. That's the, and I was in this, uh, thing where I just thought, oh my gosh, I might, I might die by myself. And just that would freak me out. So I, I said, I met with my computer guy, Vince. And I said, all right, let's talk about this RPAN thing. And I showed it to him and he said, yeah, yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. And I said, okay, I want to do that. I said, but I, I want to, can I put a TV station through there? <laughs> I don't want to, I, and that's just how I'm wired. I, I don't, uh, I didn't want to like try it out and see if I like it and see if it worked. I, I said, no, no, let, let me see if I can uh, already set myself up like I'm the Oprah show and then run that through uh, Reddit. I just, I rolled the dice and uh, I don't know if that was smart or not, but everyone tells me to this day, they say, oh my gosh, you're, you're, what are you doing? Your live stream looks great, you know. No, I think I think you uh, tapped into something that other people aren't doing. Like I, I didn't even realize that Reddit had a live streaming option until you did it. They they do a very poor job of of uh, marketing it. It's almost like this. Uh, it's like a stepchild. <laughs> they don't even, you know, no one knows that they do it, and. <laughs> Actually, Ross, that's part of my secret sauce. One of the, uh, it's it's pretty common, not to toot my own horn, but it's pretty common for people to join the live stream. There's always a, a very fixed pattern they go through. They come on, they say, what the hell is this, you know? And then about two or three minutes in, they say, oh, thank God I found you, you know? And they'll start telling stories. They'll say, <laughs> They'll say, yeah, I was just watching a guy clipping his toenails. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched and then I watched another guy, you know, uh, uh, trying to uh, loosen. A, he had knotted his uh, shoelaces too tight and he couldn't pull the knot apart. I watched that guy for like 15 minutes. And then I come to your show and you're it's this whole different thing, you know. So <laughs> it's the juxtaposition, Ross. <laughs> What I, my secret sauce is I put myself next to the biggest idiots I could find. Uh, <laughs> you managed to dominate by being the only actual show on the Reddit. 
I'm the king of the dipshits. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, what's the meanest comment you've ever got? Oh, the meanest comment. Oh man. I mean, I get I get a lot of comments about about my weight. I mean, luckily that doesn't bother me, and it's and I think it's funny that. Um, oh, I I know the meanest comment. I actually got it on the uh, the first time I ever fired up our pan. And then I got it on the second time I ever fired up our pan. So if you go back to episode one, that was really probably my third time, maybe even fourth time getting on our pan. We ran a couple trial runs. Hmm. First time I ever fired it up. I'm about two minutes in and uh, someone calls me a grandpa. <laughs> Dude. I mean, that hurt incredibly, right? It's like, I know I'm old, but it's funny. I was doing this thing that the world tells you, if you're old, don't try and do this. It, it, technology has already passed you by. So I'm the I'm the uh, poster child for you're too old to do any of this shit. And two minutes in, someone calls me grandpa. By the way, can I swear on your show? I yeah, should have asked. Yeah. Okay. So two minutes in. This kid calls me grandpa. And ever since that, right at that moment, I said, okay, it's going to be like that. All right, motherfuckers. Well, you know, I, I am, I am going to dominate <laughs> in a lot of ways. I'm still, I'm feverishly, I'm addicted to this thing because I want to go track down that dude from two minutes into my career. <laughs> just be like, are you like me now? You know, <laughs> so Anyway, that's the meanest thing. It was an age-related thing. People talk about my weight all the time. Doesn't bother me a bit. I talk about my weight. I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, the age thing kind of hurt. Oh. It kind of hurt. But it, what, I'll tell you what happens now, Ross. This is fascinating. I still don't totally understand the trajectory. About the first four or five shows, um, people were uh, – uh, very comfortable kind of being me a little bit mean, not certainly not everybody. Um, but I mean, it was sort of common. And by about the fourth or fifth episode, I had enough fans that really loved what I was doing that they would stand up for me within the comment section. And now today, if yeah. anyone gets out of line, I mean, people give them holy hell and so it's this weird thing. I don't have to deal with hecklers anymore. I mean, uh, my own fans will berate them in the in the comment sections. <laughs> it's weird. I never saw it coming. The other thing that I now this one I don't understand at all because there's no I can't think of an explanation for this. Maybe you can, Ross. About the first four or five shows, I would get I get I got all sorts of DMs from uh, gay men. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they over and over, like they would say like, Hey, just checking, you know, they needed it like, Hey, are, are maybe, you know, are you, and I would, it's, and I thought to myself, Ross, I thought, Oh shit. <laughs> I just thought, what am I doing? They're coming out of the woodwork. And, but I was, you know, I, so I was a little panicked. I just thought, what, is this a thing? Is this, is this what the internet is? like a big meat market. But for some reason, for some reason, after about the fifth episode, it just totally stopped. I don't know why. Were I mean, you responding thank God it did. or were you like, no, or were you just like 
letting it sit there? Uh, I well, you know, if I remember correctly, I responded sometimes. It got I, I stopped responding because it's like I don't even want to deal with this, you know. <laughs> but it's like it just went away. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I, I don't get it, but I'm kind of glad that it did. I wonder if that's a Reddit thing actually, because I've never experienced that. I have no idea. I mean, if it's a Reddit thing, I still wonder. I mean, I've always been on Reddit, so why it stopped about four episodes in, I don't know. But, you know. <laughs> Maybe anyway. they've got their own little uh, chat room where they they suss people out and try and work out who's game and who's not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe yeah, maybe I was off I was off some sort of leaderboard. They pulled me off the leaderboard once they found yeah. out I I was straight. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> oh. That's so funny. Uh so you uh you may have got on the wrong side of some people because of your past careers, but how did you get manage to get on the wrong side of fans of the insane clown posse? <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. What a, <clears throat> what a weird story that is. I didn't even know who the insane clown posse was. My computer guy, Vince, who I, I, I love this kid, but he's, he's got a screw loose. I don't know. Did you happen to hear the story of the he, recent one he, with the deers? Yeah. yeah you yeah. heard that? <laughs> yeah. This is who I'm dealing with. This is the kind of person I'm dealing with. I pay this kid money. <laughs> Why? That says something about me. But when I was trying to set all this stuff up, when Vince, and to his credit, everything you see and everything you hear, that's Vincenzo set, set it up, and I got to give him credit. Mm. But I didn't, he, you know, he doesn't have that thing where, um, well, I think it's called common sense. He doesn't have common sense. So he can't. He set this thing up and and then just I guess he thought I would understand how to work it just through osmosis or something. You know, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know. So I would I met with him kind of early on. Well, come to think of it, this happened be, before episode one, because I think in episode one, I told the story I met. I, I met him for lunch. And I like to I'm, I'm at a stage in my life where. I don't, I, I like to have a nice lunch. I like a nice restaurant. I like a tablecloth. You know, I like a, a, a waiter that can make me a, a nice homemade Caesar dressing, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I, I invite him to lunch. It's in a nice place. They have a dress code and I made the mistake of not telling him, warning <laughs> him that there's a dress code or I partially did. I said, Vince, wear dress shoes. <laughs> so just wear really nice shoes I, so i in casual clothes uh, yeah i didn't think about the rest of his attire well he showed up in an insane clown posse t-shirt <laughs> which i thought was the most ridiculous thing ever and it's so dumb when vince does something so dumb in the position that i'm in now i can't not talk about it you know i, I just can't not talk about it. so after that lunch where he wears an insane and Remember, I'm his em employer, right? I pay him money to do this thing. So he's like a customer. Who would do that? Show up in insane clown posse t-shirt. Anyway, so I told the story about it. Now, Vince, has, he's always edited my videos, right? And so I thought it would be funny 
I made this video um, totally shitting all over Juggalos. <laughs> now, you got to remember, you got to remember, this is before I ever thought anyone was ever going to listen or watch a single video. That It never dawned on me, really. So my whole thing was, I'm going to send this video to Vince and make him make him edit it. And he's going to have to sit there for three hours and just hear what a freaking idiot he is for being a clan a fan of the insane clown posse. Right. Like I had a joke in there about like, uh, they're like the, uh, uh, insane clown posse is like, if, uh, if let's see, what did I say? Is if uh, kiss and vanilla ice had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so my whole thing was, it was funny to me. I'm going to make Vince look at this. Well, so he edited the whole thing. He puts it up on YouTube. And it turns out, I can't remember how high it got. It was like 18,000 views or something crazy. All these juggalos coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> Everyone pissed as hell at me. They don't know it's a joke. They don't know. I don't know who these people are. I'm just busting the balls of my computer kid because I think he's an idiot. And he embarrassed me at this lunch. And... And so uh, this thing, I, I, and I got to the point, Ross, I'm not kidding. I mean, I got the jugglers would send me email and DMs and or whatever. I was getting stuff daily, but, but where it got crazy is toward the end. I got death threats every day. I got death threats from there. It turns out there's a certain s- substrata of juggalos they aren't fucking around, Ross. It's like, and I was, I was getting death threats all the time. And I just thought, man, this is too much. And so I finally, I had Vince take down the video. I put, I did, I did an apology video. Hey, I'm sorry. All the jugglers. Hey, this was a joke, by the way. Now what's nice is a lot of jugglers then reached, they saw the apology video. They reached out and they said, Oh, okay. We get it. We get it. Um, and I've got some of them are even fans of the show. Like I get notes every once in a while, but uh, there's still a few juggalos who just, they haven't quite gotten their meds right. I think. And they, they just can't let, they can't let go of this idea that I, I, I somehow wronged the insane clown posse. Yeah. It's weird. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but, a weird, but it's a funny way to start out. It's a funny way to start out a podcast because, mm. I mean, I went from, I it just never dawned on me that anyone would ever listen. Because again, <laughs> I was on Arpan, Ross, mm. right? And again, it's some lady knitting an Afghan and she's got three viewers, you know, who are like, you know, and the thing is boring as hell. And it's just like, what, what made you pick blue yarn? Oh, I like the color blue. Okay. And then you wait another five minutes. Have you ever crocheted a green Afghan? Yes, I have. It's like the most boring shit ever. It just never dawned on me that my show was going to be interesting and then would catch on and people would listen and all that stuff. So this has been a quite an adjustment, you know? Uh Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, what you got coming up and uh, what other podcast should people check out? Let's see. What do I have coming up? Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to answer that uh, 
Same. I'm going to give the same answer twice. What I have coming up here later tonight, I'm interviewing uh, Anthony and Stevie, my buddies. There's a podcast called We Have Issues. I'm a huge fan. These kids roped me in from the beginning, and it's a fascinating thing. These kids are uh, they are trying to um, create, uh, they want to break into the comic book industry. And so they did a very smart thing. They created this podcast just to tell the story of trying to break into the comic book industry. And so, and I can't wait to talk to them tonight um, because uh, I think it was very clever. They, they're the, they're the only podcast that I know of that sort of like almost like set a goal or a target gave they gave us the the listeners something to be excited about and something like we hope this happens and hmm. I was thinking about it this morning it's like and I'm not a comic book guy it's just not how I grew up you know so I'm not a, a huge fan or whatever but I'm just imagining the difference between if if I'm trying to sell a comic book and it's like in one way here's the comic book. Do you like it? Do you want to buy it? Versus here's six months of buildup and the story and the insight and getting to know the comic book creators and getting to know about their ups and downs. And then here's the finished product. Do you want to buy it? It's like, it's brilliant. Oh, that's you know? Yeah. So that's, really good idea. that's, that's both a podcast that I suggest that I, and I really like, and it's what's coming up for me. I did a spinoff um, of my show, and I'd love to have you on. It's it's called In the Green Room with Chicago Tony B. Um, yeah, I'd love that. I've I've, and that that's my way to take these deep dives and do it on video and that sort of thing. And maybe you saw the one I did with Tim McCarthy the other day. I saw the one you did with Tim and Georgie as well. Yeah, yeah, Georgie. Yeah, yeah the VIP pepperoni. Yeah, yes. That's the, That's when I learned she has this red hair. Oh, you didn't know? Did you not Funny. know what she looked like before? <laughs> well, I she had sent me pictures here and there just a little bit, and uh, but it's for some reason it was just the lighting at at that video. That was just the first time that I I just noticed like, oh my gosh, you have really red hair. She had even mentioned before to me that she, she's a redhead, but it just didn't click with me. You know how sometimes people will be like, oh, I'm a blonde or I'm a brunette, but you see them and it's like, no, you're not really. <laughs> you're, but it's just, they think they are, or maybe they were at one point, you know, like, but she's truly a redhead. I just hadn't seen it in the, in the correct lighting yet. <laughs> yeah. I really I don't like know. your, uh, in the green room show. Oh, thank you. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to have you on I, because the, the one thing that's difficult for me right now, Ross is like, I want to, I want to ask you a thousand questions. Uh. Like I, I'm very <laughs> curious about your story and your show. And, um, you know, like, uh, I know you're, you've tried comedy a little bit, which I find fascinating. I want to hear more about that. So mm. yeah, let, we'll have to figure out. Yeah. And in the meantime, in the meantime, Ross, mm. here's what you do. Just a little advice. Start calling your fans. It's <laughs> tremendous. Life has never been so good. This is how I spend my day. I, I have, uh, I just have conversations with my fans that I've, I've never been happier. I'll probably die penniless, oh. but I'll be happy. Nah, Maybe I can move in with one of them. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he's building connections <laughs> that's it <laughs> uh well um you got any words of wisdom to leave us with before i let you go i want to say thank you to you ross but uh, i just want to say um how great uh, just how grateful i am to everybody the uh i guess maybe if my story can help someone it's like it's uh you can you can go from uh, you know, I'll call it low-level despair, right? I was lonely, and it's like now I'm talking to you. Now I, I have, I a happy, happy accident has happened to me, and I just, I just want to say to everybody, thank you. It's been tremendous. Uh, that's beautiful. You do have a wonderful show. I really enjoyed listening to it uh, over the past week. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate so it. the episodes. <laughs> you're just a great person to listen to and uh yeah have you always been amazing at like talking <laughs> i'll tell you i'll tell you a story ross i'll tell you a story um so yes i th- i think i probably have but one of the things um that i've learned is uh in talking to other podcasters i've learned that um there are people that on their podcast they're like being a character like they're which I didn't, I didn't realize that. And I'm not going to name names, but I was talking to a podcaster who was talking to me about let's be on each other's show, that sort of thing. Right. And I've listened to his show a bunch of times. I finally talked to him in person and uh, he's not at all, like not even close to his show persona and it was so off-putting to me that I I actually just kind of like wanted to put the brakes on, like, wait a minute. I thought I knew you, you know. And all I'll say is uh is for me, and I think my fans, like I said, I talk to my fans all the time. And one of the fun, one of the funnest things, Ross, is especially early on, when someone's kind of a new fan, I'll call them out of the blue. See, when they call into the show, of course, now I have your phone number, right? And uh, so out of the blue, sometimes I'll, I'll call a fan and usually the first couple times, like they're just kind of shocked and that sort of thing. Well, one of the things they figure out is like, oh my God, this is this, what you see on the show is like totally me. As a matter of fact, I, I confessed to my older brother um, a while back, the show, I, I, I can, I, I thought I want to keep this for my family. Well, Finally, one day in a moment of weakness, I admitted to my older brother and he's like, he's like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out, you know? And so he checked it out and he, he said, he said, that's simply you. And all you did was turn on a microphone. That's it. <laughs> so I guess I have always had this gift of gab or this, this is just me. Yeah. It's uh like I say, it's a, it's an accident. I never thought that anyone else would be interested so it's a it's all gravy to me ross i feel like you're the perfect guy for that kind of show as well and you've really yeah you've done well to cultivate an audience who are good with interacting and stuff yeah a lot of fun to listen to it's it's just a happy accident it's the strangest thing ever it's my <laughs> version of hitting the lottery ross 
Hey, thanks for listening and thank you to Tony for joining me. Catch the Chicago Tony V Show live on Reddit 7am East Coast time or whenever you like on your podcast app of choice. Go to YouTube for In the Green Room with Chicago Tony V and follow him on Twitter at Chicago Tony. Okay, bye. E-R-E-R.